0: So, I, I kind of, I've kind of set an expectation with the preach this morning, I know I did that. Uh, I, but it wasn't me. I can honestly say I really feel that this is something of a seasonal word for us. I do feel that this is a word that we need to hear this morning that is going to take us forward into what the Lord has for us individually, but also as a congregation into this next season. Now, I want to say off the bat, from the start, that what I'm going to preach this morning is going to be not a new revelation of something that I have discovered a specific word and I have found the real translation of this word means blah, 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 blah. This is not that kind of a revelation. This is probably some stuff that you think, but I've heard this before. And I want to say if you do feel that, that's very true. Because I will never go beyond, especially directionally, go beyond where Andrew and the other elders has not set the path. So this is not a new direction. This is not a fresh direction. It's actually an old direction. But I feel that the Lord is fanning the flame of this area amongst us. Very specifically when it comes to this. Is that good? Do we understand? Yep. So yep. this is not, no further than Andrew has ever preached. This is all stuff that comes with that. Because we never want to go beyond that. I never want to go beyond what I'm being led into. Because then I'm just a rogue agent. And that's not how we do things. So we're going to do, and I'm going to jump quickly into this because there's quite a lot of things that I want to try and cover. Um, it's going to be 45 minutes. If I'm have a go to the toilet, to go you now. And here we're going to 45 minutes, 15 40 minutes. See you now. But I'm going to go with it. I saved about <upon> minutes. <laughs> this past few weeks, I saved my minutes. And it rolled over into the next preach. Yeah. Oh, that's, let's see how it goes. I practiced, I practiced it at home quite a few times. I'm I, I, I taking this speech very seriously. So I actually practiced it off my notes, and it was 36 minutes, so, but I didn't have this intro that I'm doing now, so, I'm already, I'm already. So, we're going to look at two books of the Bible in the Old Testament. Oh, it's an Old Testament to Mikey's. And we're going to look at the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, or Nehemiah. I don't know what Bridget, how, how it is it? Nehemiah Nehemiah, I it, so it it, Nehemiah. and so <coughs> then what happens is it is two books written in relatively the same timelines and about the same story but from two different perspectives because each guy had a different job to do uh, in, in there so it's almost like having the book of Luke and Mark or Matthew just a, bit of a different person, but it's still about the same story, about the same timeline, and it's so beautiful how the Lord comes sometimes through the prophetic, and just comes and confirms it. But they, the rebuilding of the temple is exactly the prophetic word that came through through uh, Nerissa, it's, uh, Nerissa, Marissa. So, so just amazing how the Lord just confirmed what he that this really is a word uh, I feel of Him this morning, and that the Lord wants to rebuild some things this morning and restore some things this morning amongst us. So this is not going to be a teaching on the books of Ezra and Yulia, This is going to be, I'm going to take just literally, I'm going to skim off the top of the books. I'm just going to take the basis of the books and we're going to, do some, to talk about those two aspects. So literally out of the book of Ezra, we're going to talk about the fact that Ezra rebuilt the temple of Jerusalem. That's as deep as we're going to go into that. There is many things, and I want to encourage you. Go and read these books. It's so interesting. There's little tidbits, little nuggets for each one of us in those things, in in the specific books. Um, That is very applicable to us today. (coughs) But what we find is is that the Old Testament is very much kind of a shadow of what is to come. It is prophetic. It's a prophetic word of what is to come. In the new testament so you will find a lot of things that happen in the old testament and 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 things that happened uh, to the israelites is actually something that is speaking towards the future that is speaking towards the new testament when jesus was here so for instance the sacrifice of animals for the forgiveness and the repentance of sins that happened in the old testament but it, it is actually speaking towards the sacrificial lamb of jesus christ that will die once for our sins and then we are forgiven if we if we repent of our sins. So it's almost a shadow of what is to come. And then in the same breath, I'm looking at the rebuilding of the temple. So what happened is, is God stirred the heart of Ezra and others to rebuild because Israel was in exile in another country. They all left Jerusalem, and then Jerusalem was basically in ruins. And this was after David. It was after the kings of David. It was it was it was everything was destroyed and they were in exile and then the Lord stirred the heart of Ezra we can read in Ezra 1 let's read that first scripture that's just an idea if you just go back quickly two seconds that's just an idea it's, I don't think there was that specific one I just Googled that one off, off uh, of the cuff but, I, but, but that's an idea of what we're talking if we talk about a temple we talk about that uh, the physical temple so now we go to Ezra and I've got the Afrikaans and the English I'm going to read in English but the guys in Afrikaans can follow at the bottom there Ezra 1 verse 5 says, Then rose up the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred. Love that. It's what we said last week when we talked about seeking God, that God stirs our hearts. We don't stir our own hearts. We don't we create this thing. hunger to say, Yo, I want to serve the Lord. It's, it's something that He stirs in us, even in the unbeliever. Uh, To find God for that first time. Something stirred. Something stirred. And God takes that initiative. Uh, John 3 verse 16. Uh, God takes the initiative. God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. Uh, But they stirred to rebuild the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And the Old Testament uh, 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 temples... Used to have a lot of different purposes. It's a very important thing. But the most thing it was it, it carried the presence of God. So the ark was in there and so it carried the presence of God uh, for the Israelites. The second thing, it, it was a place of sacrifice where they sacrificed and repented of their sins uh, 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 together as a as a folk, as a nation. And the third thing is it was a place of worship to God. But now We said this is a shadow. The Old Testament is a shadow. How does it look in the New Testament? Where's our temple? Where's our temple? Corinthians. Look at this. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. We become dead. give our lives to Jesus Christ the day that we get saved that salvation, the process of salvation makes my spirit new that day I become a temple of the living God and the Bible says that his spirit comes and lives in me and he uh, 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 um, yeah he comes and lives in me and so I'm a temple now individually we are all (coughs) temples Mark's a temple, Richard's a temple, Thomas's the temple, we are all temples of God, the Bible says. But what happens to the temple, what happened to our temple, because of Adam and Eve, because of Adam and Eve, sin caused destruction in our temples. We actually were built with perfect temples, we were just as perfect beings that, that was with God and we had fellowship with God and we, we lived in the Garden of Eden and then sin came and it destroyed everything. He destroyed this temple of ours. It, it, it on the first side, it's sin destroyed. Sin corrupted us. Uh, Romans. We can go through some scriptures just to quickly add some some scripture. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You can go to the next one. But your iniquities has made a separation between you and your God, and your sins has hidden your face from you, so that it has not. Yes, so there was a separation between us and God due to the sin of Adam and Eve. The next one. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, death through sin, and death spread to all men because all have sinned. We of all sinned. Even we could, I've said this before. If it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would probably be in Stephan that, that brought sin into this world. But it's one of us because sin was always, already there. It was already there, it manifested in that moment because of their disobedience but it was there Uh, the enemy, Satan was there and so God had to deal with that God had to deal with sin not with people, he had to deal with sin that comes through through us And, and it works itself out through it but he had to deal with the sin that is in us but sin broke down spiritually it broke down we just saw that actually it causes death if we continue in our sin don't get to that place we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we give him the opportunity to, to come and, and rebuild my temple through salvation if we don't allow him that the Bible, the Bible says that we end up going to end up in hell and that's death that's, that's the furthest away from life this place of hell we're not going to go into that but that is the thing but also in this life sin also causes harm it causes hurt it causes brokenness. It causes us to walk sometimes with a bit of a limb because of sin. I know of people um, that has grew up in a house with alcoholism. And look at the brokenness that, that often that sin of alcoholism, of addiction, caused to those that grew up on that. Even the person himself that is addicted, the breaking down of his person, of, of who he is, i heard leone once uh, uh, said she knows a little bit about drug addiction and apparently what is it that when when you start using specific drugs hard drugs your your personality stands still at that point there's no growth there's no personal growth at that point so for instance if you start using heroin or something uh, a hard drug, at the age of 14 or 15 just emotionally you, you stop at that point, and that's why you get, then, almost as an adult, you struggle to to cope. Now, even after your addiction, it's left a mark on you. It's left something on you. But then even our interactions with one another, sin, when I'm prideful, and I, I, I'm, I'm jealous of Anthea, I'm of Anthea, and I'm being hurtful, because I'm jealous of her. Sin sin destroys sin makes indents into us but then Jesus comes and he wants to rebuild his temple he wants to rebuild Luke 4 verse 18 let's read it together the spirit is Jesus is talking about himself here the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Who's broken hearted that's sitting here this morning? Come on. We're all in some ways and forms our broken hearted. Do we need Jesus to come and rebuild? Yes. 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 To proclaim liberty to the captive. Who's still captive in something in their lives? Who's still... Is there some maybe some addictions? Maybe some old patterns? Maybe some... af te leer me time oh man I'm struggling with me time struggling with my facebook I keep on scrolling down my facebook and wasting time and not spending time are there some of us that needs a little bit of that rebuilding, (coughs) captives recovery of sight to the blind I'm going to ask the blind now I'm talking about myself do you know what you don't see in your own life no, because we're blind. Often we walk around with some things in our life that I can't see. All the blind spots. I can't see them. We need Jesus to come, to, to come and help us in these things and bring healing in these areas. And the last one is to set liberty to those who are oppressed. Often, after sin, we are oppressed in some ways and forms some some still some attack, sometimes often demonic attack, and Jesus wants to come and set us free. Deliverance. Who's ever heard of the word deliverance? Deliverance. And Jesus is the one. We pray. We're part of that. We take authority in the name of Jesus, but Jesus is the one. And I've seen it, I've been in those situations when people are being delivered. Jesus is the one that steps in that moment and Jesus needs to come and do that. So I want to ask you this morning, you're going to walk away now from the building of the temple, uh, have you allowed Jesus to come and rebuild your temple? And I feel it's something that I want to emphasize as we're moving forward into the things of the Lord as a congregation and individually. Are you given to Christ so that He can come and rebuild this? And inside your heart, Luke 4, verse 18. Are you living that? Are you open to that? So important. The second aspect that I want to emphasize before we move on from building of the temple is that scripture that Melissa came and and, 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 uh, read. We are all part. That's what you also said. So you you are still correct, Mr. Mr. O'Donnell. We are all, as we are individual temples, God's design for us is that we are all built into another temple, which is this one, the church. God's heart is not for us to be individual temples and each one does their own church as they go along. God's design for our lives, the best place for us to be, the rebuilding of our lives, includes being built into a temple like this. And when we say temple, it's not a building. It's not a building. It's where people get together that loves Jesus, and we serve together and we run together. Let's quickly just go and look at the scripture that says this: One Peter two. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. The spiritual house, and that's God's heart for each one of us. That we're not lone rangers in this life, but that we are together being built into the spiritual house. And I did a preach way back. I would love to actually now go off for the next 20 minutes and talk about living stones, but I we don't have the time for that this morning because that's not where the Lord wants to land this. So if you want to if this tickles something in your heart and you say, oh, I want to hear more about living stones. Let me know after the meeting and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you that preach that we did about living stones. But that is about each one doing their part. Each one carrying something. It popped up in the prayer meeting as well where we looked at each other's shoes. Bridget said, she's looking at shoes. Each one's shoes are different. It's the same with us being in this church family. We need each one of you to bring who you are, what you have, what Christ has put in you and together we build this place that we call church. Yeah. This temple. But only God can do that. God is the one that builds the church. I had this little... Um, my dad, where he was my pa? Papa, uh, I just want to end it off with this one. Yeah. <laughs> I am building a people of power. I am building a people of praise. That will move through this land by my spirit and will glorify my precious name. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Join our hearts, Lord, through your Son. Make us one, Lord, in your body, in the kingdom of your Son. Yes. Now, that song represents to me exactly the heart of being stones, individual stones, being built into a temple. So, we need God to come and rebuild me. And we need God to come and rebuild this. Do you agree with me this morning? So it's Unity. Praise the God for that. We're going to look at the walls now. The walls were built by Nehemiah. <coughs> and what is amazing about the walls thing is, is that in this specific case, and this is just a side note, don't... Everybody built. The temple was very specific. It was the priests and the Levites. And that was very specific, guys. Because it's sacred. It's different. It's God's house. It's built differently than the walls. But the walls, everybody built. Everybody. The the Bible says that they rebuilt the walls. They rebuilt the walls in 52 days. The Israelites stood back and they were like, what? We did this in 52 days. God had to be with us. This couldn't be just us. To rebuild these walls in 52 days can only be a work of God. And it's the same with us. Now, I looked at some of the qualities of the walls, especially in the Old Testament. And I want to apply some of them to us. The first thing is, is the wall brought separation between Israel and the enemies. Now, immediately when I say the word separation, we think of isolation. (laughs) Isolation because that's often how we in the western culture and this is nothing against homeschool mom, we homeschool our daughter as well, but we are we, living in a world where all the more we want to isolate away from this world because the world scares us, doesn't it? the world scares us there's stuff happening in this world there's stuff that the world is teaching our kids that they want to do and and, and the world in the parliaments and the decision makers and the things that's going on in the world, we just want to stay away but God does not talk about isolation when he talks about separation he talks about a separation of the heart he talks about a holy priesthood and the word holy means to be separated from to be to be um, um, um. yeah consecrated. thanks guys consecrated <laughs> I, I will never have got the word consecrated <laughs> by on my own so it's not a spiritual separation, the wall. So when we are the Lord, come and build the walls, rebuild the walls in my life, we are not asking Him to, Lord, help me to isolate better away from the world. The Lord says we are not from the world, but we're still in it. We can't hide away because we've got a job to do. We're going to get to that. Let's put 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. But you are a chosen, this is different, it sounds exactly like the previous verse, but it's a different word. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a separated nation in your hearts. Not physically, but in your hearts. A people for his own possession, for God's possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous lives. Once you were not a people. I love that, It's a temple, isn't it? Once you were not a people, I was a villain. And in my case, it was very much so. I was a villain. I was a, I was a real loner. I didn't have any friends or anything. I just had my family that invited me for a braille every now and then when I was younger. Hey. I was a villain. But now suddenly, I'm part of a nation. I'm looking at this. Being in family, being in a temple with you guys, it's absolutely amazing. Not known people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received His mercy, But now we have received mercy. You see, God wants to separate us from the influences of the world. And He needs a wall to do that. Not isolation, but separation. Something needs to click in us that we realize, Hey, I want to look different than the world around me. I want to smell different than the world around me. I want to act differently than the world around me. Because I'm representing Jesus. We proclaim the excellencies. The beauty of Jesus that is in us. And so the separation is one of the heart. That we are not a people that gets lured into the things of the world. That gets swept away by culture. When culture says, now this is right. Then we also say, okay, but then that is probably right. Because look, the majority says it's right. So that's probably it, eh? And when they make a new... Statements what is it? What is on Twitter, what uh, they influencers. When the influencers on Twitter or Instagram or whatever say this is the new eat, or the latest teaching on YouTube, where they say, listen, you don't have to repent of your sins; you were forgiven once, and that's all that matters. Once you give your life to God, you can't sin basically anymore. And suddenly we begin to become influenced and God wants to separate us with his walls. He wants to put a boundary of safety in our hearts that we are not able to be influenced by the <coughs> wall that's around us. Is that good? The walls are for our safety and our protection from the enemies. It places that boundary around us. The second thing that the wall is, it is by surety. Yes, that makes me excited. It is my surety of of, of my saving, my salvation. There is nothing as steadfast as a wall that surrounds me, that keeps me safe, that keeps me protected from knowing that I serve Jesus Christ. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I am His. He can do with me whatever He wants. I love Him. I'm in a relationship with Him. I don't just know of Him. I actually know the person of Jesus because I interact with Him on a daily basis. And that same salvation that's a wall in my life. And I know with many of us God wants to come and rebuild that wall. So that you all know that you know that I am saved. It's so important. Isaiah 60. Listen to this. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation there's something beautiful about surety about knowing that jesus has got me in the palm of his hand there's something beautiful about that steadfastness that comes when when i read that scripture that no one will pluck you from my hand the scripture says when i know that when i believe that i'm firm and i'm steadfast in the lord and there's a wall around me that the enemy cannot penetrate. He can come and tell you what he wants. He cannot penetrate my walls. And we need that rebuilding. Walls represent strength. It, re- it represents a strength, of a strong city. You remember Jericho? They went to Jericho and said, Walls. It's, there's no way we're going to get into that thing look at that walls and it's the same with us I want to say to you when the enemy comes to you and he wants to attack you we talk so easily that the enemy is attacking you I want to tell you that if you are in Christ and the enemy comes to your walls he's going to run the other way he's not even going to attempt an attack if your walls are strong in the Lord in Jesus not in yourself Not in confidence. Not in boasting. In your weakness, surrender to Jesus. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen your walls. How does he do that? How does he strengthen our walls? That's the part that we don't know. How does Jesus do that? Count in all joy and that when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Steadfastness is that strength wall that strength in the wall. Steadfastness is that thing it doesn't matter. You can throw rocks at it. You can throw, you can come with that battering rams. You can come with those slingshots shots that throw the rocks at it. If you are steadfast in the law, nothing can shake. Nothing can shake. And then it is not as such the attack of the enemy. But it is actually the trials and the tests that God puts us through on a daily basis. Not because he wants to hurt us. Not because he wants our walls to fall down. But actually to rebuild our walls. God puts us through tests and trials to rebuild and strengthen our walls. Our faith in him. Our faith in him. That's what the wall is. It's our faith in him. It's knowing that he's got us. It's knowing that he protects me knowing that what doesn't matter what happens he has got me i'm looking at some people recently they will they will tell you themselves yeah this the the souls um, uh, uh, sean and chantelle of gordon's bay they came into full-time eldership so they basically became full-time ministry people in the beginning of the of the of the month (laughs) Uh, yeah, And it's a strange old thing. I said with my dad yesterday, we had the same discussion. Something in us often thinks and feels and lives from a place that if I do the right thing before God, God will reward me in various ways. Either with His goodness or with a reward or something in that vein. And it's a strange thing that when we find ourselves actually at a place that when we give more of ourselves, When we put ourselves out there and we surrender and say, yes, Lord, you can do anything with me, what you want. And then sometimes we're thinking that that is going to bring us to a place where the Lord says, oh, well done. I'm going to clothe you with majesty. I'm going to clothe you with the best. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then sometimes the God does the opposite. He brings us before trials of various kinds and tests with the heart to strengthen us. And the souls. Gave, they gave up everything. They sacrificed everything. And in my flesh... It said to me... God oh, God's going to honor this thing. Sean is going to become a preacher... In the 412 context. And this is going to happen. And Look at Gordon's Bay grow now. Look at them go now. They are going to take off. Because of this obedience of these two people. The sacrifice of these two people. And you know... This last six months has been one test after the other for this couple and this family. Sickness, financial woes, car breaking down, and to the point where their son, the youngest son, had an epileptic fit for the first time on Thursday. Pray for them. But you see, we are not... That's not where God's heart is. That's what, not where what God, God wants to strengthen our walls. So that when the enemy does come, that we are steadfast, that our faith is fixed in Him yeah. at that time. That's where God is going to, towards. Alright, I need to move off. Um, the last one that I want to do, and then we're going to... Not too bad. The last one on the walls that I want to say. If you find yourself as an Israelite within the walls, the safe walls of Jerusalem, you also find yourself under the safekeeping, under the guardianship of the, the, the leadership of the king. He is the one that protects you. He is the one that keeps you. He is the one that sends his armies to protect you and your family and your livelihood. And what happens is, is that when you find yourself within the boundaries of the city, you also enjoy the protection of the king under the king's rulership, under that. Now the New Testament, what is that version of that? We are all, if we give our lives to Jesus, if we live submitted lives to heaven, we are citizens of this new city. This new believers, this family within God. That's what the New Testament says. And we are part of this family. And God the Father is our head. He's the one that leads us. Jesus is our great shepherd. Jesus is the one that leads every one of us. But also, that when we get together like a place like in this temple that we are all built into, God has given us leaders. God has given us people in that city to look after us and guard over us and look after us. And that is one of, the, one of the, the, the things God's heart is designed for us. Is that we might find ourselves within the city walls to experience also a shepherding. Someone that looks after me. Someone that knows that I'm okay. Someone that walks this road with me. And there's two levels in which this happens. The first level is, is through eldership and through the apostolic. So you know that when a word gets preached, you've got this kind of assurance that it's going to be, it's going to be okay. I can listen to this. This isn't going to be dualia, Because Andrew and the apostles, they, they look into us. They, look at, they make sure that we are fed well. And if we are fed well, what we are able to give is, is good as well. We look after the doctrine. We look after what is being said within the church. We look after the direction of the church so that we make sure that we are in step and following Jesus constantly. And that's a protection that eldership has in your life. But you don't have to do this on your own. You've got eldership that walks it out with you. You don't have to try and figure it out. You can just follow that. There's a protection over that. But also spiritually. When Carla is not doing well, she's got someone that that prays for her. And it's not just the elders, but in this case, I want to just emphasize eldership role in this. That often God, God will highlight to me pray for Raneer. Raneer isn't doing well. He's he's going through something in my quiet time. The Lord reveals, and I pray and I intercede, and I say, Lord Jesus, show me, help me. Let, let me see what it is that he's struggling with. Often that will happen. Or I would feel a distance. It's a weird thing. I will just suddenly one day feel your back here feels far away from me. But that's, that's, that's what the, the grace and the gifting of eldership that God has given. That's the first tier. The second tier that God has for us, the protection within the walls, is that we don't have to walk this thing out alone. We've got one another. And that's a strength that you can't buy. That is something that strengthens in a, huge, a, a whole different level. When I get sick, my wife is going to they pray for me, they care for me, they love me. When I'm going through something tough, my Mikeys is around me and they care for me and they guard me they, they shepherd me together. And that's God's heart when He, when he does it with us, that we share that together. But God has to rebuild that as well. All right. Are we with one another? That's the last one of the, the wall and the temple. So we need God to, to come and do that. And that's what I'm feeling in the season to come for us, that the Lord, is, He has started it already. The fact that we are all sitting here this morning and there's... Man, it's beautiful what the Lord is doing amongst us. I'm I'm, I'm not honoring Him for that. But I do believe that there is a continuation. There is a constant something that we need to go back and say, Lord, come again, Lord. I give more of myself that you can rebuild this temple, that you can rebuild this temple and come and build into my walls. Help me build into relationship with others so that we can be family to one another. It is something that we constantly have to do. Bring ourselves back to that place. Submit to that. And because I want to end off this morning by speaking about the gates. The gates is something in my own heart that it's not just an exit and an entrance. The gates often in our terms is where people come. But in the Old Testament, the gates had a very significant place in the system. It was where the, the, the rulers met. If there was guys coming from the outside, rulers from the outside, they will meet at the gates. And that's where the business would taken care of. Business meetings would be dealt with. Big business meetings, kwop and work, would have been done at the gates. They had council meetings. They had big council meetings where the whole folk, yellow folk, at the gates, that's where they made decisions. It was also the place where if someone needed to be disciplined, rebuked within the, uh, the, the family, that's where it took place. Judges, they had judges in the Old Testament. It's where judges administered justice in Israel. So there was something about the gates that attracted my attention earlier this week. And I said, Lord, there's something more about this gates thing. There's something more about this gates. And the Lord showed me now, I want to go to John 10. I want to go to John 10. Now, I'll just go back to it and we we'll just get an idea. It's a big thing. It's not just a, it's a gate. It's actually more a bowling than anything else. And it's a lot of happening. Okay, John 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you that I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I... And the gates. whoever enters through me will be saved i want to say to us as a congregation this the rebuilding of the temple the rebuilding of the walls and the rebuilding of the gate it has to go through jesus if it is built on anything other than jesus we're making a mistake we are not building on the cornerstone that is jesus and so there's going to come a time where we and i and you as well individually we have to give an account to Jesus one day of the things that we did. And I want to say that the Bible says that only what was done in Christ will last. It will go through burning. It will set fire to it. And if it goes down to ashes, it was not done in Christ. And so therefore it is so important that when we ask and when we trust the Lord to come and rebuild our temples and this temple, when we ask Him, Lord, fortify our relationships, fortify us as a family, that we look to him and say lord we're going to trust you because we're going to do this through you and not through our own strength and so that is that it is not up to how well you serve in church that's going to do the trick you can serve that you blowers. us you can worship you to give blowers it's not going to be uh, uh, the the goodness of it. it's not going to be dependent on how good i preach it's going to be dependent on how each one of us each one of us Together as a collector, is able to go through Jesus at the gate and say, Jesus, we need you to build this thing. We are looking towards you to do this. Because only what has been done through Christ will last. And I want to get there one day. But now, but that's one day. There's also the here and the now. There's a scripture that I want to share with you. Yo. No, not yet. can't see now. I want to say to you this. When we allow, listen to my words, don't listen to what I'm not saying, listen to my words. When we allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to get the, not us, I'm not saying when we get this right, when we allow the Holy Spirit to get this right in us and through us, there is something powerful that gets released in this town of Prabowo, through the gate. We are all going to experience something of the Lord as we go through the rebuilding of the temple. As Jesus comes, looks for, and He comes and heals me. He comes and binds me up. He comes and makes my brokenness in city we're going to experience something of the Lord when we get set free from addictions and things that oppress us we're going to experience something of the Lord of Jesus Christ when he binds us together in a relationship like nothing else before nothing that we can do talking about a deep-rooted relationship a deep-rooted love for one another we're going to experience something of the Lord. We're going to encounter some aspects of jesus that is only found in the person of jesus and i believe that once jesus and not one day I'm talking about now because we are all a work in progress it's an unfinished business and it will be an unfinished business until the day we die so we're not going to wait until the work is finished we're going to ask the lord today lord come and bolt our gates today because i believe the gates is that places of authority, spiritual authority, where we as a small little congregation called Justin and can actually make a difference in this town of Krabou. Not through our power, not the way that we're doing this right between the two of us, because Jesus has a seat of authority through us, sitting at the gate in Krabou. you understand that? Look at, look at this one scripture, the last scripture this morning. And I tell you, Peter, uh, uh, that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome that. I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit has the ability to do this right in us and through us. And when we get to do this thing godly and, 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 and God flows through us. That the gates of hell and the gates of heaven. We'll meet one another at some point in Hrubba, through our lives. But you know, because you know what? Because you have encountered Jesus personally, on each one of these areas, the rebuilding of the temple and the rebuilding of the walls and the strengthening of your walls, building of the gate, because you have experienced that, we want to come to a place where we say, Lord, open the gates of my heart. Open the gates of my heart, Lord, so that those that need you most will be able to experience and see you through my life. That through the way that you have freed me, the way that you have healed me, the way that you have have lifted me up in my own life, but the way also that you are taking me through my tests, the way that you are carrying through my challenges, the way that you have built me into the lives of other people, I want to open up the gates of my heart so that I can share... This is what I have found with those that need it most in this world. And so I want to say to you, Kribo, this morning: if we give ourselves to this, this work of the Lord, this working, this building of the Lord, if we give ourselves completely and fully devote ourselves to that and leave nothing and just say, Lord Jesus, I don't even know how to do this out of myself. But I just want to submit, I want to surrender and I want to say yes. And if the Lord comes and does this, we will be able to impact this town of Chobot. Not through us, but through the gates that people can come in. Because I realize as much as the gates is to lock people out, it is the place where people can actually come in. And I want to encourage us in Chobot to say, listen, let the Lord do a work in you. Let the Lord do a work in us stick to the lord surrender to the lord submit to the lord continually as we go along in this journey with him and open up your hearts so that others might see this jesus that we are serving through your life and so that they can come and meet himself for themselves and so that we don't have to open just this two doors and people to come to the church but that we open the gate of our lives so that people can step into our lives and experience and encounter Jesus through us. Because that's the power of the gates. When our gates are open and people can come inside and experience and encounter Jesus. Then, then the gates of help will not prevail. We will not be overcome through Jesus and in Jesus. Do you get it? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you empty? Yes. Are you sight? Yes. I, I'm saying to you this. I'm saying to you this this morning. I am seeing with my physical eyes, as I encounter you guys individually, I am seeing a stirring amongst us that I have not seen before with us. The Lord has stirred. But there's a new stirring, and there's something in my spirit that is excited for this journey that we are going into. For the specific season that we are going into. Is it gonna be easy? Oh. Are we gonna rub against one another? Yeah. Are we gonna to stick to it? Are we gonna persevere in it? Yes. And it's gonna it's gonna cost something of you. It's gonna cost something. You have to give of yourself. Because a lot of this working is gonna happen between people not always going to be through the preach on a Sunday morning it's going to be when we get together Thursday morning it's when I get onto the WhatsApp groups and say hey there's a family suffering amongst us let you give them love and we swamp them with love that's where it's going to happen so I want to ask you guys I've got a, I've got a yeah I want to pray for us and after the prayer I've got a song that I'm going to play for us um, and I want you guys to actually look at the words of that, because I'd really believe. And this is not kingdom now. There's a there's a thing that we believe. We're, we're, we're seven men now, seven men. This is not kingdom now. I'm not saying, Lord, bring your kingdom now. Or that. It's not that. But there is something of the kingdom that wants to reach out to a world that needs Him the most. And the way that the kingdom of God reaches out to the world is through us. And so when we sing that song i want us to actually even if you don't know the words to the song i want you to in your heart if you agree that that is not because you have to but if you really is in your heart i want you to sing along in that song but i just want to pray for us before pray. thank you jesus thank you jesus i want to ask you, if there's anybody that's stirred this morning, not in excitement because there's nothing to be excited about when we're going to hit trials and tribulations. <laughs> there's nothing to be excited about when we grow, because grow sometimes, Lord, is hard. But if there's anybody that is looking towards Jesus and saying, Jesus, what I'm hearing is stirring something in my spirit. What I'm hearing is stirring something in the inside. And I want to be a part of that. Don't you just want to stand with me this morning? This is response the response words, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, as we're standing in front of you, and now we're doing a closer with you, Lord Jesus, as we're standing in front of you, I want to raise my hands and just a sign of surrender to you, Lord. I want to say, Lord Jesus, I submit myself, Jesus, to your working. I submit myself, Lord Jesus, to your processes for my life, Lord. I give of myself this morning, Lord, that same way that I give myself that first day when I gave my life to you, when I met Jesus for the first time, in that same way, Lord Jesus, I am giving my life this morning and saying, Lord, come and rebuild my temple. Come and rebuild the temple that is Dos Gen Krabou, Lord. Come and rebuild this family, Lord Jesus. Come and rebuild our walls, Lord Jesus, our relationships, our love, our compassion for one another, Lord. Come and rebuild, Lord Jesus, our ability to submit to our leaders, Lord Jesus, as they have given account for, for each one of us. So, Father, we pray for this work all of the things that we've said. We want to come, Lord, not boastfully, not in ourselves but we actually want to come this morning in our weakness as 2 corinthians says lord that if it is up to us we will probably bungle this up we will probably not get this right but lord jesus we want to surrender to you this morning and we want to say father god not in our strength not in us and by us but through your spirit in jesus name by your spirit in jesus name and I pray, Lord Jesus, that as you are working this in us, as you, your spirit starts to rebuild and continues to build in us, I pray, Lord Jesus, that the season will come now, Lord, where you will start to build through us, Lord, that you will start to build through us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will raise leadership. I pray, Lord, that you will raise community leaders in this house, in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will raise deacons in this house in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will raise elders in this house in Jesus' name. Not because we want the titles, Lord, but because, Lord Jesus, your kingdom wants to impact Krabos. Your kingdom wants to impact people, Lord. And for that to happen, Lord, we need the temple to reflect Jesus. And so, Father, we give ourselves in that. And we surrender ourselves to that. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we receive your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit into this congregation right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will come and fill us in a new and fresh way. That we will wake up tomorrow suddenly with a hunger and a thirst for these things that we spoke about that wasn't there today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will stir in us a love and a compassion for one another. But also for the love for the world outside that is lost, Lord. Stir in us, Lord. Stir in us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father God, thank you, Father God. People and for the lost, and we pray that in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray, Lord, that this word will just fall on good soil, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray that it will take root in our hearts in this week, Lord, and that, Father, that it will bring a fruit, Lord. Not today, perhaps, not tomorrow, but Lord, there's going to come a fruit. You say that your word does not come out uh, and come back empty handed. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're gonna have some coffee and tea at the back. Don't run away and go find your kids. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fine. You must let um, must put that song on the Yeah. Sometimes the word you don't know,